everybody, and welcome to Igniting the Spark, Talk Film Society's Star Wars podcast. I am your host and president of the Ryan Johnson fan club, <laughs> Callie Smith. <laughs> I am also a contributing writer and podcaster at TFS, and today I am discussing the second film of Disney's sequel trilogy, The Last Jedi, with my guest, Sam Van Heron. Sam is also a writer and podcaster and editor at TFS. How is it going, Sam? It's going great because I just watched an amazing movie and I'm looking forward to talking about it with you. Oh, yeah. I am uh, I just watched this last night again, um, which I didn't... I just rewatched it relatively recently because it was Ryan Johnson's, like, birthday and I was <laughs> like, it's time to honor honor the king. Yes. Um, and, I mean, this is just a wonderful movie. It, it really is. And we both off mic have been talking about the fact that it's probably our favorite star wars movie it it really is every time i see it i just like and i'll always love I, the first one and i always love empire but like this one just does something to me every time and i just i there's not a time where i don't want to watch it like i could literally watch it every day if i wanted like <laughs> honestly and find new things to enjoy oh yeah absolutely i'm amazed re-watching this movie how new things stand out every single time. Um, even like just having rewatched it not that long ago, there were things that I noticed and wrote down in my notes mm-hmm. that I had never thought about before in this movie. Same. Narrative beats that you didn't notice, you know, like it's just like a very incredibly well layered um, mm-hmm. thing. And I mean, it's, I think it's, like, the exception to franchise filmmaking these days, you know? Like, oh, seriously. It's, it's insanely good for something that is made probably by committee, you know? Right. It's um, something about... I think it's something about Johnson, just the way he works is, like, the... Uh, there's something about him that a lot of directors that... There are a lot of great studio directors. There are a lot of great, you know, uh, auteurs out there. But there's something way he combines the two that very few, if anyone, can do. Like, the way he works in that studio system, he seems to be able to mesh with that yeah. remarkably well. I mean, there are some other ones, like, I think James Mangold is, but he's not as much of an auteur as Johnson, mm-hmm. so, like, but it's just... But, yeah, it's it's a miracle this thing exists, and <laughs> I never thought we would get a star... I never thought, honestly, that the Star Wars Disney... I was excited because I wanted more Star Wars, but mm-hmm. at the same time, I never thought something like this could exist when that happened. So, yeah, I totally get that because even, you know, I was excited whenever it was announced because of course more star Wars. Awesome. But you know, there is a certain amount of like, well, it's Disney. So how risky is it going to be? How, Mm -hmm. you know, because I mean, they're a big corporation and they have to sell these movies and company or countries, excuse me, all over the world. Mm -hmm. Um, and there's a certain amount of safety that you have to play. And, like, that's why this movie was... I mean, there are so many things that I remember watching in the theater and just going, I cannot believe they're doing this right now. I can't believe we're committing right. to this. Like, uh, it's just such an... I th- Watching this movie in the theater was such an electric experience for me. I don't know. How was, how was your theater experience seeing this one? So, I, I was just thinking about that uh, while watching this. is like... I think I have a similar experience with every Star Wars movie that I see when I see in a theater. Like, that first time, uh, 
I'm a, it's a it's a weird experience. Like I'm enjoying it, like I love it, but it's also I'm always thinking about like what's going to happen next. I've been you know, and especially when you're thinking for two years of what how they're going to follow it up. Yeah, that it's just a weird experience. But halfway through this movie, I was that that kind of those thoughts went away, and I was like, okay, no, I'm fully engaged here. Yeah, but still, I'm I think the second time was an even better experience because I was like. I knew what it was, it was going for. I knew what to expect. And so I could just fully enjoy what Johnson was doing. The kind of the very bold way he's working in this universe while still yeah. uh, holding true to it. It's not, you know, it really doesn't subvert Star Wars. It's very much no. a Star <laughs> Wars movie. No. It's just that he's like taking that in interesting and uh, unexpected paths and he's yeah you know doing something interesting with it while still very much it's a you know it's very true to what george lucas was doing and yeah it's great i think that's one of the biggest misconceptions especially among the people who hate this movie as fervently Mm -hmm. as they do is that this is uh subverting or telling us that star wars doesn't matter when in reality i think this movie could not be saying anything further from the opposite i mean how Um, can you look at what even if the last the last line luke says like how can you think that's not saying like no that's it's questioning it for sure like the mm -hmm. majority of the movie is like that's literally what it's about you know like what is uh the legend about like what is that what is the value there and luke Mm -hmm. is yeah questioning it and saying that it should be destroyed but that's you know him and kylo again are saying similar things in very, you know, from a very, very different place, but it does really what this movie's about is like, yeah, you should question the legend, you should question the, you know, the way things have been, yeah. and but that doesn't mean that it's saying that it's doesn't have value. Yeah, like it's not like it let the past die isn't isn't the moral, but then again, blindly clinging on to the past without questioning it, without recontextualizing it in new ways. Um, that's the moral <laughs> is like right. that is somewhere between the two. Uh, and I, I mean, I love that. <laughs> I love how it fits in with like, you know, some of the stuff force awakens established, mm-hmm. uh, like Kylo being kind of a fanboy of, <laughs> of certain things. Right. And, and it's just, a, I mean, it's just such a wonderful moral to have, especially in a big blockbuster movie, uh, that, that kind of thing shouldn't really be happening in mm-hmm. um and it's just a beautiful it's just a beautiful narrative and a beautiful story to tell too um right and that's one thing i love about this one too is i think it's i think it's maybe one of only two in the series that fully works on its own like it yeah. like that is like so it's a new hope in this one like mm-hmm. those these two movies which is weird considering this is a the middle chapter but yeah. honestly, you could. I love Force Awakens, but you could literally consolidate that all that whole movie into like a first act of like <laughs> yeah. into the into this movie, and like yeah. it would still work. Like you know, it's basically like the 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 crawl does a really good job of like basically you could just enter in this and fully understand what's going on. Yeah. I actually, it's it's funny you mention that because my office mate at my job, uh, my other job, um, he 
actually caught this one on TV, never having seen a Star Wars movie before. And he knew that I had a little poster of it in our office that we share. And he went, okay, I'm going to watch this movie. And he watched it with no context whatsoever and came in the next day and was like, Callie, that was such a good movie. And I was like, yeah, that's what I've been saying. (laughs) Yeah, like, Um, so, yeah, I mean, you can follow it, but then also just like, and how it ends is like, you could literally just, it's satisfying. And like, yeah, the the theme, all the themes of Star Wars, all the ups and downs, all the, the highs, the lows, the, uh, the emotions that you feel in a Star Wars trilogy are basically felt in this one movie. Yeah. And considering it's all how fast this movie is, it's like set over like what, two days. And, mm-hmm. but it still, it just speaks to how good Ryan Johnson is at everything he does. Like the, and just the writing is incredible. The direction it's, you know, it's, it's just, if you can't tell, we're going to be gushing for, <laughs> I mean, it's just so good. I mean, this time, too, going through this movie, I was thinking about how well this movie, more than the Abrams ones in this series, Mm -hmm. really ties back into the past and the old movies without being overly dependent on the nostalgia of it. Right. Like, this one, right after I watched this, one of my friends had coincidentally sent me a video about The Last Jedi and how it actually kind of involves, like, all of the movies, including the prequels, which really wasn't a factor in Mm -hmm. The Force Awakens, um, with the scene where Luke very much calls out the fact that the Jedi were bad, Mm -hmm. (laughs) like, and, and they were bad and they lost, um... And I just think that that's so beautiful. And it's such a wonderful, like, kind of like, I'm trying to find the right word, like, non-biased way to look at the prequels. Right. Of just being like, no, these are good and valuable, but maybe the Jedi aren't these heroes that we've always thought, you know? Yeah. Um, and it's clear it's, that Johnson uh, likes the prequels, uh, to me at least. And like, Oh, yeah. Especially uh, Revenge of the Sith. Like, the uh, there's several nods to it, both with music cues, but also just, like, the shot at the end of Kylo and the troopers walking into the oh, yeah. uh, base on Crate is very reminiscent of, like, Vader in yeah. going to on Mustafar in uh, that movie. So, like, it's clear. And, like, yeah, like you said, like, he addresses them in the... Because Force Awakens kind of just ignores the prequels most for the most part. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, at least... Obviously, they existed, and they talk about Vader and stuff, but it's like, apart from Kylo's dealing with Vader and stuff, it's very much... But even then, it's mostly the, you know, the original trilogy. Yeah. It's just a fascinatingly, like, you know, those movies are involved, Mm -hmm. but it's not indebted to it, you know? Whereas, like, Force Awakens and definitely Rise of Skywalker feel Mm -hmm. indebted to the movies that came before it, and that they're constantly trying to be like, hey, remember Star Wars? And, like, that's not a bad thing in Force Awakens. Um, (laughs) We have, I I have uh, severely uh, cooled on uh, the Rise of Skywalker, and I know that you are Still quite a fan of Rise of Skywalker, so we won't go there. No, yeah. but that's what's good. Um, but the good thing about it is, like, honestly, if I even if I didn't like that movie as much as I do, and I do have problems with it, I won't. I won't say that I don't. Yeah, but like, yeah. I think what's great about this movie again mm-hmm. is like you can really be satisfied with that. I, mean, yeah. I, I get that you'd 
I get that it's disappointing, and it's but like at the same time, that final shot was just so good and so exactly like it just you could just you know, and a headcanon exists for a reason, right? Like you can <laughs> you can uh, go there if you want, but like uh, this movie is just so good, and it like you know. Uh, everything about it. There's really only one negative thing I can say about it. And it's such a small thing that I'm, you know, it's mm-hmm. basically, it's Benicio Del Toro's character. And I still, I like his character <laughs> and I like what he does to the movie. It's more just the stutter annoys me. And it's like, <laughs> it's like not really necessary. But again, if that's the only thing negative I can say about it, that's yeah. pretty damn good. I remember the one, <laughs> the one negative thing that anybody, well, not anybody, obviously, there are plenty of people who have negative opinions right. about this movie. But one of the ones that stuck with me is I remember my, like, uh, one of my doctors once told me, like, yeah, I like that movie. But enough with the red. There's too much red. <laughs> oh, what? The red. <laughs> and I was like, ah, oh, come on. <laughs> the red is amazing. The red is very cool. I mean, it's used effectively, right? right. That's the thing. Um and I, Which I is, love... yeah, just the color in this movie. Uh, yeah. Fucking Steve Yedlin. Uh, he's so good. Uh, so good. <laughs> and it's just, honestly, it is the best looking Star Wars movie. I can say that. Uh, yeah. On a, There's on no a question. Movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I mean, like, those old movies, they look great because of their, you know, oldness and how much we love them. But, like, the shots in this movie are unbelievably no. beautiful. Yeah, the shot composition's unreal. It's... Uh, I mean, it's funny that, like, you think that how, uh, you know, Spielberg almost directed, or, like, Lucas wanted Spielberg to direct uh, The Phantom Menace, and, like, that, this is, almost feels like, because uh, Johnson has some Spielbergian qualities, for mm-hmm. sure, and, like, he moves the camera amazingly, but there's also just, yeah, the shot composition, the the lighting, like, there's so, there's a... Uh, thing I noticed here, which we can talk about with when we get to crate, but like there's just this the way there's beams of light, you know, shining in to you know that speaks to works thematically. It's yeah, it's amazing. Ah, oh, it's just all good. Um, I'm just like trying to figure out where we should even like start, right? Because mm-hmm. <laughs> there's so much to get into in this movie, and I guess well, I mean, the movie starts with Luke, right? Yep. And I remember you said earlier that like at some point you kind of just had to let go in the theater of like all your preconceived notions mm-hmm. and what you thought this movie might be. And for me, like that move- moment came literally as soon as this mo- movie got to Luke, you know, cause it actually starts with the whole bomber sequence and everything. Right. Which is also, which, you know, brilliant. Amazing. Yeah. It's th- one of the things that's so great to s- briefly sidetrack onto this bomber sequence. That's so great about this movie that you don't get in other Star Wars movies is the weight of war, the consequences of war. Star Wars is usually just like, hey, everybody's fighting, and it's in the stars. <laughs> we love it. Right. <laughs> we're, we're showing this- here, like, th- it starts with uh, Poe doing something. Yeah, normally that would be heroic and amazing, and that the yeah. movies would usually say, yeah, it's great that you did that and a bunch of ships died and we're not going to talk about that. Yeah, cheer this on is, the flyboy. Yeah. This is like, no, you did something that, yeah, it's cool. But at the same time, all of these people are dead now. Uh, the, the look of just the simple shot of the visual storytelling is amazing of, you know, the fact that we get into this, uh, you know, page, the character page without her yeah. saying anything is just amazing. But then also just the way of Leia... Looking at the, you know, when we're celebrating, it's like they're 
like uh, Poe's, you know, really excited. Everyone's clapping, and she's just looking at the monitor, seeing their losses. Like that's again another amazingly impressive thing to put in a Star Wars movie, especially yeah. one that's made by Disney. Like incredible. Oh yeah, it's great. It's so good. Um, but then we get to Luke, and yeah, Luke is the moment where I realized right. I need to throw away all my preconceptions about this movie. Literally. None of yeah. them, none of them are going to be true because right. that's exactly what he does visually. Yeah, you're right. Is he throws it away and I immediately went, Oh, what is this guy about to do in this movie? Cause this is, this is an unbelievably ballsy move. Yeah, that could literally go anywhere. That could, you could literally think, Oh, maybe he's bad now. Maybe yeah. he's going to go, you know, like who knows? It's, and it's the fact that it's, you know, grumpy. Basically, a grumpy version of Obi Wan is amazing. Like, and that he's like very yeah. pissed off. Like, he's just the last thing you'd expect, but also just so yeah. good. And Mark Hamill, fucking incredible he, in this movie. Unbelievable. I, I was very movie. mad he didn't get an Oscar nomination. I'm serious. Like, he was he's that good. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of crazy because yeah, in his later years, you know, Mark Hamill. I mean, God love him. I don't mean anything mean by this, but he's kind of hammy and and over the top these days. He's the Joker voice right. in animation, you know? Um, and I think you get a little bit more of that kind of hammy Hamill in The Rise of Skywalker. Mm-hmm. Um, and But, like, he is giving such a great, great, great performance. One of those performances where you're like, oh, it feels like he never left this character. You know, he just Mm -hmm. slides right back into it. It's perfect. And I think the Grumpy Luke storyline is perfect. I think it makes absolute sense. I have a, I know a friend or two who was angry about how Luke is treated in this movie, but I think, and I know Hamill was kind of disgruntled about it. When he first read it, yeah, he said like, but then, you know, Johnson talked him through and he's like, yeah, it's genius. Yeah. It's, it's exactly what he needed. Because yeah. again, we need our characters to grow. We need like the fact, if he was just this perfect, like Jedi who was gung ho, everything, you know, he, it would also, it would make it, it would just be, horrible because mm-hmm. if it was Kylo still tur- you know still turned and so if Luke's just okay with the fact that he you know failed his apprentice and it, no his more nephew. than that his nephew yeah like that's that would be that would make me think less of Luke this makes me think yeah. more that like he but then also he admits that he's wrong he realizes yeah. throughout the course of the movie that like no this is stupid I should not be doing this and it's just, it's, yeah. a, it's a genuine arc, which we, again, don't get that often in one movie. Yeah. It's, I think his storyline is just so beautiful and so wonderful and so moving. Like, I just think his, his and Han's arcs in the sequels, like the ending of their, you know, lives is really perfect to me. You know, Han, Han dying in an attempt to save his son mm-hmm. and, and Luke dying. Well, I, sim- well, not to save, uh, not to save Ben, but to save the resistance mm-hmm. is perfect. <laughs> They're really, really perfect and wonderful, uh, pieces of, of storytelling. Um, and that's what those moments are what I'm most grateful for in the sequel trilogy by far. For um, sure. To pivot, though, to what I'm probably eh, second most grateful for in the sequel trilogies, let, let's let's take a stop over in the Adam Driver corner and talk about Kylo Ren for Incredible. a little bit. yes. Because, oh my gosh. <laughs> um, 
it is a well-established fact in this series at this point that I uh, love Kylo Ren. Um, but this is the movie that made me love him. Like, I really didn't care <laughs> after Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. I was like, eh, he's cool. It's fine. He's great. I mean, he's great. I mean, Adam Driver. Well, yeah. I remember thinking, like, yeah, he's a great villain. Like, that's... Yeah. I thought that's where it was going to live in, you know, where it was going to end. But, like, yeah, the fact that they did something way more interesting with him... You know, Ryan Johnson gets all the credit there for me, in my opinion. Like, he... Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, again, I love... I, I'm a fan of those other movies, but, like, the the complexity of a villain that we've never got, that we've never gotten in Star Wars, to be honest. I mean, outside... There's some, you know, in the cartoons and comics and books and stuff, there's characters like that. But in the movies, there's really no one... There's no villains that are that complex. I mean, I guess... No. Vader has, you know, he's got some complexity, but not nearly as much as uh, Ben Kylo. It's it's amazing. Yeah. The thing with Vader is, obviously, he does have that complexity story-wise, but mm-hmm. because we have first Hayden playing him right. and then, like, a guy in a suit, mm-hmm. you know, we don't get the performance. And the performance that Adam Driver is giving is just one of the most... I mean, I literally think it's one of the best performances I've probably seen anywhere. Like, it's an unbelievably good, nuanced, down-to-the muscle in his face that twitches Seriously, in certain are, moments. No, there are, there's a, I wrote that in these notes, the notes this time. It's like, there's just this, this little, like, lip twitch, eyebrow raise he does at one point during a conversation with Ray. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, when he says that, you know, I am a monster, and then he does this, like, that is little so lip cool. quiver. Like, fucking, there's a reason Adam Driver's one of the, you know, considered one of the best actors of his generation. And he'll, it'll go down there yeah. for sure. He's... Just uh, unbelievable. Huge talent, yeah. <laughs> There's like multiple moments where like this one muscle just like under his left eye just like twitches, mm-hmm. and like in that moment, he communicates to you like everything you need to know about what's going on in that character's brain. With that, like it's just it's like an unbelievably good performance. Um, I mean, and that's just physical, you know, his voice, all the choices he makes, like, line reading wise are perfect. Um, you know, exactly when to, like, shut, you know, scream and like, yeah. the, the use of it is so great. Yeah. Like, uh, so good. <laughs> I mean, there's a, I mean, Johnson's great with actors, too. So like, they, I'm sure they, ha- I, I just, I would live to see the conversations that those two had. And uh, oh, yeah. I really want to see them work together again. Uh but like <laughs> knives out too. <laughs> it's incredible, and like the, uh, it's unfortunate that I feel the conversation around him as a character kind of devolves into either you know like he's terrible and he should not have been redeemed yep. to he's perfect and they didn't redeem yeah. him enough. It's like characters uh-huh. can be more complicated than that, you know. And it's yep. it's sad that it just has to go to those extremes. Mm-hmm. I am I am working uh, right now on on a piece about Kylo Ren uh, for the website where I'm going to get into exactly that kind of thing um, because Kylo is so complicated and one of the things that I love about this movie is how we tell Kylo's story because like the perspective shift with oh, him and Luke yeah like the Rashomon style exactly like, it's so perfect and it's it's so perfect yeah. and it brings back that Kurosawa flavor that some of the other movies are missing because like they don't have those like deep I, <laughs> cinematic roots yeah, that I think Johnson two, has yeah honestly the two that do that like 
like Rogue One actually does that a lot too, especially in the early mm-hmm. parts of the movie. Like, but this one, yeah, like they it nailed both the visuals, but also even just yeah plot structure and the way it uh, you know sh- showing the scenes from different perspectives, and that you know there's like there's the there's Luke's side of it, there's Kylo's side of it, and then there's the truth, and that's it's it's awesome. Yeah, it's it's just it's so wonderful, <laughs> and this character Kylo is just so. You know, every time he's on screen, you're just kind of going, I wish he would still be on screen. You know, he's the strongest part of the, of the trilogy. Um, and it's just great. And I love, I love every part of this movie. It's just so good. I love that the, like the good guy side, right. Of the movie is well, and the Kylo and Ray storyline is just all about women putting men in their place. Right. And it, yeah, and it's so, <laughs> so good. And, and each of the three, there's basically three plot lines, right? There's the, uh, you know, there's Ray, there's Ray and Luke, there's uh, Kylo stuff, and then there's, uh, you know, Ray and, no, there's the other three. There's Luke, Kylo, and Ray, and then there's Finn and Rose, mm-hmm. and then Poe is kind of working in both, like, the Finn and Rose yeah. thing, but then the, uh, the Holdo stuff is, and it all serves the themes of, basically the themes of this movie are, how do we deal with failure, right? Like that's, mm-hmm. comes down to what happens when the good guys lose, when we're losing, and what do you do when your plans fail, when hope isn't, doesn't seem to be enough? How do you keep going in the face of basically annihilation? And that's why the structure of it being based around this, you know, ships running away, you know, there, there's like, there's no escape. How do you mm-hmm. deal with that? And it's, uh, I mean, there's a reason that the, we'll get to Yoda in a while, but like, it's so, everything just works together that uh, anyone who says that the Finn and Rose storyline is pointless is missing the point completely. Oh, yeah. There's so much going on in that storyline that's, so good um in so many ways you know it's another part of the whole like actually showing the like morality of war Mm -hmm. that we're not thinking about in star wars i was absolutely flabbergasted watching this movie that he that johnson went there with like arms dealing and then like stuff like that the really really like shady sides of war that um we don't like to think about you know like right like that there are it's a small it's a you know it's a big galaxy but at the same time who's making these ships right like who yeah and it's like the fact that yeah that's of course it's the same people of course they're buying of course there's a uh star wars equivalent of halliburton like there's a yeah or you know uh lockheed like that's that's great and you never think about it and it's just one of the many things that uh yeah is just unexpected but perfectly utilized and it's great. And I mean, I actually, I mean, I get the complaint about DJ, the character, mm-hmm. but I like that character because he does point out, you right. know, like that these companies, these organizations, these symbols, you know, uh, they, they trade to both sides, you know, like in, in war, there's not really a good or bad side because you're all killing each other right. <laughs> at the end of the day. And I mean, honestly, if you think about uh, the whole thing about Star Wars, right, is that if you think about it too long, you're going to get caught up in some rough stuff because especially in these sequels, 
all of the stormtroopers are kidnapped, brainwashed children mm-hmm. <laughs> who have been, you know, just like corrupted into these people. Right, which is um, which is a great like is a great idea, but it's one of those things that it's honestly it's impossible to deal with in a trilogy. It's, that's one of the bad, you know, thing about trilogies is that like you introduce all these things and there's really only so much you can do uh, when you have to do a lot of other things. But like, yeah, it's going to be another awkward thing of like, yeah, if you think about it practically, it's kind of yeah. messed up. Like, how are yeah. we, why are we enjoying these stormtroopers getting murdered when they're brainwashed? Yeah. Kids? Yeah. Like, I mean, why, why are we enjoying Finn like shooting on his own, like, you know, <laughs> people i mean like there is a deleted scene from this movie which is um excellent and i highly recommend it uh where finn runs into an old like uh buddy of his mm-hmm. from like his thing which is a cameo from tom hardy doing the craziest accent you've ever heard <laughs> in your life um and it's great but at the same time you know i think it does get cut because it might be kind of like Ooh, don't think about this too much mm-hmm. um because yeah, you know, war is complicated, and just because it's in a galaxy far, far away doesn't mean that it's not still complicated. Right. Which, which makes me grateful for this. Again, grateful that this movie just works so well by itself, like, that you can take it of, like... Because this probably has the least amount of, you know, uh, gratuitous, enjoyable stormtrooper killing. Like, it happens, yeah. obviously, because ships blow up, but, like, it's... You could deal with it because it's, you know, mythic storytelling... But like, I think that it, this one, it confronts those ideas, and you can just enjoy it on those terms. Like, oh, that's just the, how good Johnson is. Like, he can bring these up without, you know, making it. Uh, like, it still works. Like, it, it, yeah. it, it, you can take those themes and it starts a conversation. But again, it's like it's with mythic storytelling. You can't if you're looking to Star Wars to like have a. Uh, nuanced like uh you can look at it and go like oh this is how we should act in real life like this reason how to defeat tyranny is more you know but the fact that johnson brings it up is impressive and it it, again it works with the uh i mean it's all with uh rose how good uh kelly marie tran is and Mm -hmm. her uh the line of you know lousy beautiful town is just is great and it's i love her um her whole thing of just basically like radical empathy in the face of, mm-hmm. of war and like horribly depressing times is, I mean, it's one of the, I absolutely adore Rose as a character because of that. Like, because that's such a beautiful like mentality to have yeah, and, and she, to show on in a big movie blockbuster like this. Well, and she's like the best, she's basically uh, the best kind of Star Wars fan. Like, she's mm-hmm. a... I mean, the first thing that she does is nerd out meeting, you know, Finn, the, re, you know, Rebel yeah. <laughs> Resistance hero. And, uh, but then it's like, but she's not gonna just be okay with whatever he does. She's gonna hold him to higher standards, right? She's gonna hold her hero... You have to hold your heroes to, you know, your ideals, right? Like, you have to... Uh, she's like... She really nerds out over him, but then she tases him because she realizes that he's, you know, like, you know, don't meet your heroes kind of thing. And it's, but then also she's, you know, obviously the line saving what we love. Like, that's so beautiful and mm-hmm. uh, she's amazing. 
I, I love that character so much. And, uh, uh, I wish I got more of her. I really do. But uh, she's just great. I love what she symbolizes in the face of other, you know, characters. Um, and I love, uh, speaking of the like badass women of this movie, Holdo. Every time I watch this movie, I love Holdo more. Yeah. And and then the the people, again, like, I think, honestly, I think the plot works a lot better than people that, uh, go after, give it credit for, but at the same time, Mm -hmm. again, the thematics work so well that it doesn't matter. Yeah, you could say, oh, it's, why didn't she tell Poe, you know, her plan? It's because that's thematically the point, that she doesn't, she shouldn't, first she shouldn't have to, because yeah. she's in charge, so yeah, like you know, Poe should maybe give her the benefit of the doubt instead of just assuming that she's wrong or she's being a coward. Yeah. Like, so that's literally the point is that yeah, pl- you know, as far as plot goes, it's a little weird, but it's the point. Like, it's if we didn't have that uh, symbol, like it's one of those things where yeah, they could she could have told him, but then yeah. you don't get to make those thematic points, right? Yeah. Like that's where. And, you know, theme should always come second, come first. That should be the most important. And it I mean, works, so. But also, at the same time, right, a lot of people are like, oh, why didn't she tell him? She had just met him, and he, he had just, like, ignored orders and, like, spun off a mission that cost them. One of the things I realized this time going, like, watching this movie was whenever she said, oh, you're the guy who just, like, destroyed our entire bombing fleet. Right. I realized, like, oh, that was literally all of their bombing ships. You know, like, they don't have any more of those. Like, whenever he did that, that was a real, real, real problem. Mm-hmm. Um, he he sabotaged. <laughs> Honestly, he kind of sabotaged them because, like, they probably would have liked to have one or two of those around for later. Right. It's like, what, it's just at this point, like... He hasn't done it in this moment. He doesn't deserve to know. And, like, yeah. maybe he'll... And she doesn't, she doesn't trust him yet, you know? Yeah. Like, what if she... Okay, she could sit him down and tell him the whole plan. But he's still... At this moment, he's just very much go, 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 not retreat. Yeah. He's not going to just suddenly go, okay, yeah, you're right. <laughs> but, yeah. And, I mean, for me, I remember watching this movie and kind of at first being really alarmed by this, like, Poe development. Because, like, in between these two movies, I went and got, like, every issue of the, like, Poe Dameron comic Mm -hmm. that they started doing. Like, Poe was, like, my guy (laughs) going into this movie. And then very quickly, it, like, basically kind of, I mean... Johnson kind of turns him into a bit of a sexist. Because, like, let's be honest, I don't know if he'd be having these same problems with Holdo. You know, like, if it was, like, some dude, you know, like... Well, yeah, like, his reaction is, you know, not what I expected. Like, maybe it's not just, like, maybe it's because... There's an implied feeling Right. You could say, oh, it's just because she's kind of, like, you know, she's in a flowing dress, she's got, you know, fancy hair, like, maybe that's... At the same time, it's like, no, it's, you know... It's, it's, yeah, Poe, but again, he has an arc in the movie, which is awesome. Like, it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, Poe isn't this idealized character. Again, he does, he makes mistakes, but then he learns from those mistakes again. Yeah. Maybe that's part of the, th- maybe that's part of, maybe Ryan Johnson's got something to say here. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, that's the arc of, 
that's the thing that makes this movie good is that's the arc that all the characters have. All the characters have an arc like that. Luke is flawed. I love, I mean, circling back to Mm -hmm. Luke, right? I love that Luke is so deeply flawed because I feel like a lot, especially the people who don't like Luke's arc wanted him to be perfect. Mm -hmm. And it's like, he's not like he is our, our, one of our modern mythical heroes, but even mythical heroes were our people, you know, they are people who make mistakes and it's so important <laughs> that, that the characters we see on screen reflect the mistakes that we make in our lives. Right. Um, and oh, gosh, it's just so beautiful. And like thinking about Luke too, I remembered that like one of my favorite sequences pretty much in all any of Star Wars, because it so perfectly sums up what is going on with Star Wars and the idea of the Force, is where he's explaining it to Rey. Mm-hmm. And you get those cuts where she's describing things, and it cuts to some, like, beautiful piece of scenery as she's describing something. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, almost like, oh, what's that movie? There's something I'm trying to think of that uses a lot of kind of cuts in that way. But it's just so effective and so beautiful and it just oh man my heart like yeah <laughs> grew three sizes like the grinch while that <laughs> while that scene was going on well, like i was so yeah happy. this movie i feel like it understands and fully leans into the fantasy and spirituality that's mm-hmm. inherent to the series more than any movie i could think of maybe the side like empire maybe like the the dagobah scenes like that's as close as it gets to like that level and that's clearly what these scenes are kind of doing, right? It's like, it's you know, a different take on those scenes, but like, uh, yeah, it's just, it's incredible. The, uh, the visuals there, the, uh, and Daisy Ridley being amazing. And she's like, uh, just <laughs> yeah. th- those two together is so good. And I love every so, minute of it. Yeah. I love how they treat the force in this movie and the Jedi. I love, I mean, you know, this whole thing of like, letting the past die versus learning from it. I love this idea of like an old ancient religion that is pretty outdated and maybe we should update it for modern times. Maybe we should, you know, keep the roots of it, but change it again. Feels like Johnson's trying to say something about something (laughs) like it's just, it's so lovely how many things he is managing to say in this movie about space wizards with laser swords <laughs> right. And, it's just so beautiful. <laughs> and that's the thing I love about too also like and the cartoons very much do that as well in a way that mm-hmm. the movies besides Last Jedi don't do. Like it, yeah. it confronts those maybe there's a gray area. Maybe there's maybe thinking of it as a binary is bad. Maybe thinking yeah. that shutting your being puritanical about it, you know, what can we look into our real world where that ha- where that doesn't, you know, turn out yeah. well, right? Like where you any darkness is considered bad and you should shut yourself off from it and you should destroy it and you should keep it down instead of like maybe learning from it. And the, you know, rebels does a lot of interesting stuff with that. And this does too. And that's where I hope. And I, you know, that it would go, keep going and doing that more and more, but (laughs) who knows? We'll see. I, I really, really wanted like, you know, Rise of Skywalker to get into some of those like details that it felt like this movie was setting up. Right. It doesn't surprise like, not, me that it didn't, but it, yeah. again, it's sad that it didn't, but like, yeah, it, but you know, I mean, it's, it's the third in the trilogy. So like, of course they're not going to, it, it'd be yeah. great if they did take risks, but they're not going to. So I hope yeah. and pray that we can 
But the fact that it, it gives me hope because, again, like that the cartoons and that the comics are doing that. And that, yeah. so maybe there's hope that they will keep pushing it in that direction. So, yeah. fingers crossed. In, in, in other stuff, even if right. we don't get it in the, in the Skywalkers. Yeah. At the same time, it would have been so cool <laughs> to sure. get that in the Skywalkers uh, arc. Right. Um, but, out. I feel like if they had, if, honestly, if they had skipped a few years... And even given it a year, so like if they could just lean in more to it, it would have been amazing. But like mm-hmm. again, I'm just so grateful that it happened at all, and that we can yeah. have those, we can have these conversations. And yeah. you know, God bless that for sure. It's so it's so wonderful. I and mean, this movie is just I don't. <sighs> and maybe yeah, the uh, the the talking about you know, keeping it in the spiritual and the force and. Oh yeah, the mirror scene is so amazing. Like it's mm-hmm. maybe my favorite visual use of the force ever. Yeah. Like ser- like this, and then and it reminds me of again, you know, a scene in uh, you know in, in Empire, like the yeah. the tunnel scene. It's like basically mm-hmm. this is her moment of you know, but again that she instead of like going in there and being scared and learning that you know your own enemy, your own you know it's, you know. He sees himself, right, in the Vader mask. Mm-hmm. Instead, she sees herself, and she take. This is a dark. This is a place of dark force, right? But yeah. she learns something positive from it, and that's yeah. amazing. That's brilliant. It's beautiful. It's so wonderful. And I remember, you know, the whole thing about whenever this movie immediately showed me, like, you don't know what's going to go on, is that showed me this thing of like, oh, I don't know what's going to go on, so I am going to be on the edge of my seat for this whole movie. And I remember how absolutely terrified I was at the end of the mirror scene whenever, you know, she starts talking as it, like, shows her going down this big, long line of rays and you think, well, from whatever, everything I know, she's got to be talking to Luke right now, telling him what she saw there, you know, like, that that's the only thing that makes sense. And, and like, then oh, when shit. it cuts <laughs> to Kylo, you're just like, oh, fuck! <laughs> like, it's so good, and he's like, there are like tears in his eyes too yeah, when yeah. it cuts to him. Like the it's not is even... brilliant, and the, the that cut, the having yeah again the use of that the voiceover and she's just we're seeing her in the fight. You know it's oh my god like and the and just talking about it, just talking about those uh, forest connection scenes the the way that they play off each other even though they're not so good you know in the same place is incredible and I have to I, I wonder if. You know, Adam, because the performances are just so good, mm-hmm. their dynamic is so good that I wonder if they weren't actually in the same room during these scenes, they but they were, were just using because they're because they're very much in front of like you know green That's screen. That's actually or, something. Okay, so recently there was this news that came out a couple of days ago, right? That uh, some. <laughs> Some of the ADR audio for Adam Driver on Rise of Skywalker was recorded in Adam Driver's suit closet <laughs> less than a month before the movie was released. Yeah. Um, which is troubling. But let's not get into that. But anyway, the thing is, right, like, compare that movie-making style to the fact that, yes, Adam Driver was flown all the way to, like, Scotland, to the island where they were filming those scenes, to be off camera with Ray. Yeah, like, because it gets the reactions, like, perfectly right, you know, to each other's scenes. Um, Oh, yeah, because they actually had a full, that's what, you know, I'm grateful that this movie had, you know, that Ryan Johnson wrote the script 
yeah. you know, the script was already done before, like, uh, I think maybe when Force Awakens came out, right? So, like, mm-hmm. he actually had a finished script before he started shooting, which is, you know, shouldn't be mind-blowing, but is, apparently. <laughs> apparently it is, age. yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but, I mean, that's the thing, right? It's so, this movie, unlike... Uh, Rose Skywalker feels meticulously planned. You know, it is down to the very last detail. It makes perfect sense uh, thematically. Um, everything works. And yeah, I, I love that early on in the, these scenes with them, uh, there's like, I just, again, another moment I love. Uh, Rey is one of my favorite Star Wars characters ever. And like this moment of her, like just seeing Rain for the first time. Uh, so and how good. Like, the joy there and the. It's so beautiful, and then it also, again, it cuts right from, she's really happy to, oh god, this guy that killed my, you know, my one yeah. hope at a family, like, yeah. is back now. And then again, and then twisting it of, like, but she, maybe there's something here, like, maybe there's, uh, you know, Kylo's so interesting, and the, but then even just, like, the sparks uh, raining down behind him is, like, a, a match cut to the, the rain. It's just so... yeah. Oh god, yeah, it's everything. But like works in the together. moment the moment where he wipes his face and there's water there mm-hmm. and it gives you that first like thing of like, oh wow, they are physically in the place where the other is. So, you know, yeah. like it, it foreshadows later whenever Luke comes in and actually physically sees him there. Um and it's just it's so wonderful and like the there's the line, I think it's actually in the shirt the shirtless <laughs> encounter, yeah. which Everything about that one makes me laugh because I love it whenever she's like, can we not do this now? And he's like, yeah, I don't want to. Yeah. <laughs> he has some line where he makes it very obvious that he's not into it either. And it's, but he, she confronts him and she's like, why would you kill like, you know, a, a father who loved you? And I remember the last time before, before yesterday the time, on Ryan Johnson's birthday, whenever I watched this and he replied like, Whenever she asked, why did you hate him? And he replied, I didn't. Oh, such like, a good, so good. Unbelievable. <laughs> like, because it just like makes you go, wow, what is this character? You know, it's one of those lines that just makes you go, I don't know if I'll ever be able to fully peg down Kylo Ren. Ever. You know, like, uh, it's just. Uh, Which is so awesome. Like, like so I, good. it's, uh, yeah, I can't say enough good about it, but like the. Uh, without, you know, if we're still on the Kylo Ren, like, even the throne room fight, which is incredible, uh, but uh, just that those moments afterwards with him, you know, where he, again, you can't just say, oh, he's completely evil and manipulating her completely. He is, he's, he's doing that a little bit, but at the same time, it, he doesn't want to. Like, it's like, you could see, see the struggle in his face. Yeah. Like, he's saying... He, this moment, he just thinks that the only way to let the past die is to literally let everyone die, and I'm going to be a control, he's, you know, going down that Vader path of, like, the only way I can do it is to, uh, you know, I need to control everything, right? Like, I need to yeah. uh, be in control of the universe so that I can make it my way, and I can, you know... But then, like, he does that moment of, like, you know, begging her to... Because he just doesn't want to be alone, right? He doesn't want to be alone yeah. in those feelings. And that's, again, mind-blowing. Mm-hmm. I mean, the thing about Kylo Ren and his feeling of control, and, and this is something that hopefully I will 
get into in, in the piece I'm writing, but I mean, right, is this character is born into this family that is just full of people that he can never, ever, ever live up to. Mm-hmm. And there's this just automatic feeling of like, how can I, how I, my, my mother is a war general and the princess of a, of a dead planet. And my dad is a legendary smuggler. And my uncle is the last Jedi. How am I ever, go- you know, like, it's just like this predestined path. And right. he has this need of control to bring control to his own life he goes to just another predestined path, basically, you know, that he thinks is his own. And this, like, whole taking... The way I view this character, right, there are so many people whose read on this character is like, well, he's another character just like Vader who wants power. But no, he just wants to feel like he's in control of his own life and his own narrative. And the only way he can figure out to do that at the end of this movie is just to take control of this, like, other toxic system that he's in. Right. It's just, it's really sad. And it's really, like, it's just the... Oh, it's... It's heartbreaking. (laughs) Yeah. It's... It's viscerally upsetting Mm -hmm. to me. (laughs) Like, Kylo Ren's story is this just beautifully tragic um, story that moves... And this is just me personally, but his story like moves me even more like emotionally than like Vader and Anakin's story did back in the day. For sure, I couldn't. I, I mean, again, the fact that any any real dimension to the Vader Anakin fall comes from not the movies, right? Like, it's mm-hmm. the only reason that works is because of the stuff outside of the movies. So, like in terms yeah. of movie, yeah, Kylo's arc is. Just amazing, and I could not imagine a better villain. And villain's not even the right word, but another, you know, antagonist. Yeah. To be in, and it's 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 wonderful. It's it's so it's so moving, and it's it's so moving that he's like he's the Skywalker of the saga, um, and I just think it's so. Gosh, it's just, it's just such a beautiful story (laughs) and it's so um emotionally just like a part of me (laughs) yeah it's Um, it's it's, honestly i i think it it just works so well and it's it's great that that again the fact that the most moving uh i think ray's story is really moving too but at the same time like that they they couldn't exist without each other and i think that serves it really well that like they're reacting so differently to these circumstances and neither one undercuts the other one, right? Like it doesn't, yeah. uh, doesn't take away from the fact that from either story, they're just both really, uh, it's just that in terms of emotion, yeah, like it, I mean, patricide and, you know, like that shit's dark and it like, <laughs> and it, but it works and it's all, yeah. you know, credit to Johnson's writing and correction, mm-hmm. but also it's driver does so much of the heavy lifting on that. Yeah. And I mean, one of the things I noticed, like, this time watching this movie is that symbol at the, like, top, there's a, you know, um, cave that the whole force scene that we talked about Mm -hmm. earlier happens in, and there's that little water uh, and stone display Mm -hmm. that's got this person that's split in half, you know, with, like, a light half and a dark half, but, like, where the heart is there's like the heart is the opposite color of whatever and the surroundings. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there's a light half that's got a dark heart and dark surroundings and a dark hat. And I just looked at that and I went, you know, 
one of my favorite things about the Rise of Skywalker was the introduction of this like dyad. Yeah, that, that's the stuff that works new. so well, I think. And like, that, yeah, that's what that's what kind of work. That's what makes me be able to deal with some of the things that I'm a little, you know, annoyed about. Like it, yeah, that those moments work really well. I think like mm-hmm. the fact that that's the part of Ray and that like you know that she has she's the light. You know, she's the she's the the spark. She's the hope. But at the same time, she has that darkness in her. She comes from darkness. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's the stuff that makes it work really well. And it, like, again, it's unnecessary, the certain twists that happened. But I think at its heart, it works. It's just very, it's sloppier than I would like. But, like. Yeah, at, yeah. At, if it was written better. Yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, I love the concept of her being light that's born from darkness the same way Kylo is darkness that's, like, born from light. You know, it's like, amazing. it's just. Yeah. It's an incredibly great concept that doesn't pan out in that last movie right. all that well. But, like, it's just, like, that But the, that image, right, just in the background of something. Right. Just, I looked at it and went, every aspect of this movie is so well planned. that Like, even that little background thing perfectly symbolizes the main conflict of this, of this movie. Yeah. Um, and... We have only touched on the throne room scene, but I feel like now we should definitely talk about the no, throne room scene. You mean the best fight in the Star Wars yes. tri- uh, <laughs> nine films? Yeah, for sure. Let's do it. So good. But I mean, even all the stuff that comes before, the whole Snoke oh, confrontation yeah, so thing. Yeah. I love that because of the fact that, like, uh, you know, the, the theories of who Snoke was, what's his past, like, and then it's like, no, it, we're just going to kill him because it works. Like, you know, we're yeah. going to... Like, because who that, cares? <laughs> yeah, it's like you know, it's like no, Kyle is inter- more interesting. Let's go with this. Yeah. Like, we don't need a uh, you know figure like this. Like, let's go and it. But then even just other than Andy Serkis is so good in this. Like yeah. uh, the because uh, Snoke is really those scenes with him and the first scene with him and Kylo. Like the you know him basically making fun of him and saying that you know you're nothing. You're you know maybe I was yeah. wrong about you abusing right him. like. <laughs> That's the thing I think a lot of people don't realize whenever they talk about how awful and evil and terrible Kylo is entirely, is, like, how much Snoke abuses him and grooms him and, like... Well, and he even tells him that when he's talking about Hux, right? Like, he says, yeah, you know, yeah. a cur properly, used, you know, is a sharp tool. He's also saying that that's what I'm talking about you, too. Like, I'm not... I'm yeah. saying it to your face, yeah. that you're just... I'm just using your raw power... For my own game, like that, you're you're not, you're not, you don't matter to me. You're just yeah, a means to an end, which is like so horrible, and that's what makes Kylo's arc so amazing Mm -hmm. and and gutting is that like he's looking for a place to belong. He's looking for a solution to loneliness, and this person that he has found, like in the in the comics, like Snoke physically abuses Kylo throughout their training and he besides the emotional abuse like he hits him he beats him he like there's a scene where he like throws him off a cliff (laughs) and tells him you better survive bye (laughs) like it's just like you know this character is so awful and it's it's easy to like be like well kylo is the villain but he's also the biggest victim of this series Mm -hmm. um and he's my best friend. <laughs> um. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I love the, uh, so like speaking back to Adam driver again, is like the moments where, you know, he's, uh, basically behind Ray, mostly out of focus, but you still feel the, 
that like b- boiling rage and you know sadness yeah. in him of like I want to do something and I'm, I'm sick of this guy you know doing this to me and like again the reaction he, shot yeah. the reaction shot when Snoke tortures Ray <laughs> right in front of in front of him and you see you can see Ben for like a second mm-hmm. a flash you know like of just like Ben going like what am I doing? Yeah, <laughs> like, or, why am I here? Yeah, or in the elevator before that, like, just the him, like, there's a moment flat, like, of, like, sadness of, like, I don't want to be doing this, but this is the only yeah. way I feel like I can make, like you said, like, take control of my, uh, this is just all I think I can do. And it's yeah. tearing him apart. Whenever whenever she, he reacts off of her calling him Ben, mm-hmm. that's, it's just, it's like... Like, he barely does anything. He turns his head and maybe his expression changes a fraction. But it's, like, so moving <laughs> to me. Just because you can see, like, in in Adam Driver's eyes, right, you can see that, like, Ben is in there <laughs> trying to get out, you know. But there's this, like, you know, Kylo Ren himself is a mask on top of the mask he's already wearing. Right. And I, um, I love how... So uh, and the... And just, yeah, getting to the throne room of how good of a scene, like, that this is the, really the only scene they have actually together, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, mm-hmm. let's tell, let's make, you know, the, let's tell story through action. Let's make their, you know, that their connection together through them finally having someone that is their equal, that they're, they're fighting together, and they're, you know, like someone described, it's incredibly intimate too like this movie has like uh, i think even ryan johnson's thing about like their connection scenes are the closest you'll get to a sex scene in a star wars (laughs) movie like where they touch hands right (laughs) that catharsis of them you know that is them fighting like that that's their this is how they're connecting is amazing yeah, and that's the thing, right, is Ryan always says, like, closest thing of his sex scene is the hand scene, but I'm kind of going, I don't know, the fight scene's pretty hot. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, they are they are working together in such amazing, like, tandem. It's, that's another, like, theater reaction uh, I'll never forget for the rest of my life, was how everybody in my theater reacted when they turned back to back and started fighting oh, together. Oh, God, the, the, just the... Like yeah, her catching the lightsaber, the spin together, the and then yeah. immediate like the slow mo. Oh god, fast. Then both kicking. It's so it's so cool. Like my theater, I remember just like erupted. Like like most of us had our hands like in the air. Like we were just freaking out. And the, the um, visuals of you know the the red uh, throne yeah. room and the uh, these like sleeker uh, you know imperial guards. Mm-hmm. With their badass like laser blades, and it's the pre- the Praetorian guards yeah. are so oh, cool. I love them, <laughs> but and like I love the fire like catching you know from oh, like from the Ray. of the yeah yeah yeah. And I one of the things I I noted this time right is like I think I think it comes before the throne. I don't know, but right you have you have the scene. With Yoda, which we will, I'm sure, talk about in a yes. minute, and, and Luke, where Yoda decides to like set fire to this symbol of like the light side and everything like that, 
and and the Jedi texts and whatnot. And then you have this throne room scene where this giant red, you know, sim- symbolic of this like throne room of with this evil leader mm-hmm. and everything slowly burns down too. Right. You know, you have both sides burning down. Um God, I love this movie. <laughs> it's just like, you know, that this is a detail I didn't notice until this time. You know, there's still things to discover in there. Right, yeah, the parallels there yeah, are awesome and the uh but like yeah and just uh, people stupid people who are wrong uh criticize this movie for ha- or this this scene for being pointless and it's like no or being you know like oh it's they cared more about aesthetics to realism yeah it's fucking star wars and it's freaking yeah. it's like a, it's basically almost like a uh like a wushu fight you know like a of that yeah. you know like with the there was a recent one where like oh they're spinning out of the way for no reason yeah, because it looks awesome. Like yeah, a- it looks cool. <laughs> because because Steve Yedlin is good and knows what he's doing and knows how the shot needs to look. Like, you know, yeah, it's, it's it doesn't make sense in the scheme of, like, actually trying to kill them. People but just I mean, watch too many Western. They just, they only watch, uh, you know, yeah. big budget blockbuster action movies. Like, no, in if you watch any movie like, you know, like a Yang Zimu movie or, or even just Crouching Tiger, like... No, yeah. it, it matters because it, it's gorgeous, but then also like that uh, it works thematically. It but beautiful. it just it looks awesome, and it's it's a movie. Yeah. You you're not you're not looking to a movie to watch some realistic fight. Like it's gotta look cool, and that's the way you <laughs> and do I it. I love that that fight right, and it has all this beautiful choreography and people swinging back and forth and flying off when they shouldn't, but it looks cool. I love that this mo- fight ends with this like moment of just like brutal simplicity mm-hmm. whenever the like lightsaber is thrown over to Kylo and he ignites it and that's it. Yeah. You know, like no more pomp and circumstance. And basically both of them think that at this point that this fight means that they're together now. They're, they agree to get, they agree with each other and that yeah, heartbreak like, on Ray's face and she's like realizing that he's not he hasn't. She hasn't fully gotten to him yet, right? Like it's. He's still. Mm-hmm. Maybe she got to him, but he's still. His way of get, of dealing with that is to like. I'm just going to let everyone die, and that's okay. And like yeah. I'm going to take control, and that's just yeah. it's. Awesome, and he, but also then his like reaction of oh I thought she was going to join me is yeah, yeah both heartbreaking on both sides. Oh yeah, it's it's. <laughs> so good i mean it's just so good i also love recently there is like a whole like uh interview thing that came out with the fight choreographers on this and they talked about the fact that that ending of the fight the lightsaber ignition Mm -hmm. that was actually just like adam driver in the moment deciding wait like there's more choreography and then if i catch it it like this why would i why would i do anything Mm -hmm. else so that was just an adam driver like moment like ad lib was like so good. I should just switch it on. And like what an incredible like I mean, it's perfect, right? It's a it's a great character choice as well as a great like, you know, just like we're exhausted and we don't want to do this scene anymore <laughs> choice. Right. Um, and then uh before we get to Yoda, we could talk real quick about like uh the Finn and Rose stuff. Like yes, we get, yes, we yes. actually get a badass scene we actually get Phasma to be cool. Like instead of just looking cool. Yeah. And, you know, she's that's a literal enforcer wagon. She just basically stands around like there's no actual fighting with her. But she gets her moment of the fight between her and Finn is awesome. Uh, and again, fire again. There's, this fight is happening. 
as the ship is yeah. collapsing because of the holdo maneuver, which hold is incredible. Also. Also. Oh my gosh. One of my, another, I mean, this movie has so many moments that are some of my favorite theater moments I've ever had, but the holdo maneuver is right up there. The, at the, the sound top cutting too. out and the, oh. the flash is so am- amazing. Uh, it's so good. And I, people just, it, you know, the silence never broken my theater. It was just complete. It was just like, oh shit. And it's, yeah. Uh, it's, I remember my theater, everybody definitely looked around like, oh my God, did this movie just break? You know, like, did we just, is the theater, you know, and then like the sound came back on in a second. We all went, okay. But it was just this beautiful moment of just, no one expected that, <laughs> you know, and it's just, oh. but yeah, the, um, uh, what were we talking about that we got into the Holdo maneuver? Uh, Finn, Finn and <sighs> oh, uh, Phasma. Finn and Phasma. Yeah. Yes, I love that payoff for like Finn's storyline with Phasma. Yeah, the um, rebel scum thing is such a great and the yeah uh, and him you know like rising up out of the chasm and is just yeah it's like people who like Finn gets a lot gets awesome moments in this and this is for sure the biggest one of like yeah that payoff is it's unbelievable. Yeah, it's great. I just, it's so good. And then, yes, let's get in. Let's get into Luke and Yoda. Maybe now. my let's, favorite let's get into the scene in Star Wars. Scene. Like it's, it's up there for sure. I, I mean, I love everything about this. Right? We get, we get puppet Yoda back. Hell yeah! yeah. Frank Oz um, right off shit. the bat. Yeah, like yeah, oh, it's so good. Have you seen the clip of like Mark Hamill behind the scenes hearing like? Hearing and seeing Yoda again for the first yeah, time. Yeah, the uh, that's I would recommend if you haven't watched that uh, hour plus documentary on the the Blu-ray, oh, do it so now. Great. Like it's so good, and the Frank Oz like tips that he get, you know, is just so cool. Like it's so wonderful, the look on his face when he hears "Young Skywalker." Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, it's so great. But I mean, the look on his face whenever he hears it in that is basically the look on my face in the theater whenever I heard that, like, and saw Yoda. I was so happy. Yeah, the scene um, makes me and cry. The scene but is just I'm, 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 so I'm, poignant and beautiful. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's tear jerking. It's it's so wonderful. It's funny, like and his it's... little like he does that. <laughs> he does a wonderful Yoda giggle that I you know love so much. Yeah. And we haven't gotten the thing where Yoda like stomps yeah. his feet because he's so happy. <laughs> he like goes back to you know first meeting of Yoda. Uh, yeah. In in Empire, uh, little shit so Yoda. Good. <laughs> Uh, I love it. I, it's just so good. And like, it's the thesis statement of the movie. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it is, we've already talked about how the themes are failure. Um, and this is the explicit stating of that. This is the, you know, the greatest teacher failure is, mm-hmm. and the, we are what they grow beyond. And that's the burden, true burden of all masters. God, these lines, are, it's unbelievable. Like, and they're, perfect statements of what star wars is about and what the jedi the jedi arc should have always been about Mm -hmm. and you know like it's just this movie recontextualizes a lot of the prequels and stuff like that in a way that's so fresh uh and so emotionally true and resonant right i think there are two Um, people that understand the uh the you know the that better than anyone and it's it's it is it's Dave Filoni and it's Ryan Johnson like I think they get yeah they, they love all they love everything Star Wars it's clear from the way they talk about it to the way they uh, that they're fans and but then they they're fans in the right way that they understand they have to push it in new directions you have to 
confront what ha- what worked or what didn't work and what you know the the fact that yeah the Jedi's are basically fuck ups and like go with that but in but in beautiful ways like that that's that's yeah. part of what makes them matter is that they are finally admitting that no what we done, did is wrong but they're still but that our mission is still has value right like our yeah. the idea of confronting dark with light and just being uh, genuinely good and caring about others but also learning from our mistakes is just incredible yeah I mean it's just it's poignant it's so poignant in a way that you know again as much as I love The Force Awakens and I do The Force Awakens is great it does not have a like poignant takeaway right. you know like this one does um, and it doesn't I mean it's just this is just so wonderful and you know you also get to see with this whole thing of the past and failure and all of this and how Luke is coming to terms with his, um, I'm trying to find the right word, you know, his, um, legacy. That's Mm -hmm. the word legacy. Um, you know, you all, we also get to see the very ending, you know, to skip past crate for a second, we'll get back Mm -hmm. there, but the ending, you know, like really cements in this Yoda and Luke scene where you get to see that like, yet the past is important because look what he does on crate is important to these children. Right. And it will be passed on through the generations just because it happened, you know, and word spread. And it's, and I'm thinking now, again, just, just now, like the visuals, coming to me of like when the tree is burning and there's that beautiful shot of Yoda and, you know, uh, Luke into the left corner of the screen with the big fire, you know, the colors of is mirrored in Luke's uh, final shot of the, you know, him looking at the sunset. Uh, it's God damn it. This movie. Uh, I know it's great. I mean, it's so great. And then, I mean, crate, Crate is beautiful. Oh, I love that. Um, I love that it's a, yeah. In theory, yeah, it's another white planet. But then the fact that you get the the red like cutting through <laughs> seriously the skid the skid uh, whatever those things those look like yeah crappy, skippers or whatever yeah, they are yeah yeah uh, like dragging those blades and cutting white through you know cutting the yeah. red through the white and then the uh, like it's basically it's more of a salt mineral planet than it is a snow planet. Yeah. And that's great. Like, it look at first, you yeah, like, oh, great, another snow planet. And like, oh, shit. No, there's some <laughs> no, badass yeah. crystal caves. And- well, and it gives such exciting visuals, you know, from the beginning, whenever it's all white and you get the piercing of red, you know. But then you get, like, you know, Kylo shows up and the First Order shows up. And soon that place is just all blood red, mm-hmm. you know. Like, it's just, and, and it's jagged from, like, all of the, like, you know, places where Kylo shot mm-hmm. at Luke. This is where we get really good Adam Driver screaming with, <laughs> oh, like with shoot like a piece of junk out of the sky. <laughs> yeah, that's my. Classic. I love that moment of the <laughs> so Falcon good. showing up and, uh, you know, like Finn going, "They hate that ship." Is yeah, great. it's just all so good. His confrontation with Luke is amazing. Luke talking to Leia too. Oh God, is just so. Wonderful. This is the thing that gets me. Like this moment of them being together. <laughs> We get that moment of them together finally, and it's so everything I could have wanted, and it's unexpected also. And but so yeah, and I I love how the I don't know about you, but the, at least my, me the first time I saw the scene, I did not notice that 
oh, Luke has brown hair all of a sudden again. Luke is wearing yeah. Luke has a lightsaber that he shouldn't have. Uh, yeah, right, right. Luke's not affecting in his, his environment at all. You don't notice it the first time you see it. Like you just kind of, you're just so into the moment, but then you're later like, oh shit, yeah, it's very clear here that he's not yeah. here. That this is a projection. Yeah, and it's it's so good. It's one of my favorite things that there's a series going on right now called The Rise of Kylo Ren in Star Wars Comics, which I highly recommend if you can get a copy of it, because it is the fastest selling comic in America right now. Um, but in the second issue of this, it reveals that Luke was intentionally making himself look that way because that's the way he looked while he was training. Ben. Right, exactly. That's, that's what it looks like in a he's, flashback. He's just trying to get under <laughs> Kylo's skin as much as possible. Right, and it, like he's wearing, oh, yeah, he's wearing so the same good. outfit. Even like that's so good. Yeah, it's great. I mean this this movie, right down to the very last detail. Even um, like yeah, when I, they're like uh, when they're doing their duel, uh, they show you know. Uh, Kylo's foot, you know, drag away the salt, Scraping, yeah. and then Luke doesn't, and it's so it's yeah. just and Luke's barely. And you don't like even floating. think about it the first time. Yeah, yeah, it's so great. And then like I really like that. Also, Kylo, his first thing, right, is he's like, "Oh, have you come to like forgive me?" And he says, like, no. Yeah, but, I mean, yeah. the thing is, he actually apologizes. Mm-hmm. You know, he's the master, and he's apologizing to Kylo and saying, "You know what." This is on me, you know. Like, right, and his final word is, you know, see you around, kids. It's not saying, you know, yeah. you're going to fail, you're going to die. It's more like, yeah, whatever, you're wrong. And I love that yeah. pullback of, you know, everything, you, every word of what you just said is wrong. Uh, yeah, so and good. that this is what makes my, you know, the Luke's, uh, you know, uh, the re- the rebellion has been reborn. Uh, is yeah, it's so good, and it like uh, mm-hmm. the. You know, I'll not be the last Jedi, and that cut to Ray. Oh God, it's mm-hmm. just so powerful and moving. So great. And then Luke, the man, Luke. Then you know, I don't want to say dying. I hate it whenever people say that these characters die. No, it's um, becoming one with the Force, living Force. Let's exactly. Yes. <laughs> and whenever Luke becomes one with the Force, and we get the whole binary sunset thing again. Oh my gosh. It's it's literally one of the most moving things I've like ever seen in a movie. It is so it just stirs me to like my core whenever I watch this scene of him seeing the sunset again and then vanishing. It's just Yeah, I'm still mad I couldn't get that uh Mondo poster that with the of the Luke sunset. It's so good. But like yeah, it's <sighs> it's one of the it's a all timer shot in yeah. Not even just Star Wars of like just blockbuster filmmaking. Like it's yeah. gorgeous. It's great. And then I mean we've already mentioned the ending, but the ending with the kids. Like I you know, I kind of thought to myself <laughs> every time I forget about that ending and I forget that it's coming until it happens and I'm Same. like right. Like I thought like because... oh yeah, I think like oh oh it's going to end here with uh, Leia saying you know, we have everything we yeah. need, which would have been and the shot of too. everybody on the ship. Yeah, would have been a perfect ending, but it's even a more perfect ending with this little coda. Yeah, and the little boy, the little shot of broom boy, broom boy. I love him. Like I love this. You know, just the symbolism. Yeah, and seeing him and, pull the broom for the first time, like realizing. Yeah. I don't think I noticed that till the third time. I'm like, oh shit, 
force. Like, I didn't even notice. Like, it still works about that. But it's like, yeah, it's just every little moment of that is uh, just pitch perfect. And the him looking at the stars and the uh, the broom becoming a lightsaber, it's, it's good God. Like, if that's not, if that doesn't be one of your, the reason that you love Star Wars, I don't, I don't know what's wrong with you. Yeah. Yeah, right. And that's the thing is, I don't get, I don't get hating this movie, right? Like, I guess now that we're done talking about, like, the movie, the reaction to this movie, I don't understand. Like, I, I, I've heard so many different perspectives from friends and coworkers who don't like this movie mm-hmm. for different reasons, right? And I, I do understand kind of the perspective. Yeah, I can, so I can, I can kind of get why it might not be your favorite. Like, I still think it's weird, yeah. but okay. Everyone has their yeah. own opinions, their own taste. But, like, if you think it's bad Star Wars, or that it doesn't get yeah. Star Wars, I don't understand yeah. you, and you're just... I think you're just upset yeah. that it didn't... wasn't exactly what you wanted it to be, or what you don't expect. And that's... Yeah. But if you don't want your, uh, you know, media to challenge you, I, I can kind of... But, again, it's like... But if it does, and it works, but it still embraces what you love, then you're just kind of... Yeah. You know, if you, if you hate what it stands for, then I don't want to be around you, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and I think that that's something that Johnson's so good at, right? Is this, is media that is entertaining and really exciting while also being genuinely challenging about ideas. You know, Knives Out is this way too, not to spin too far off of Star Wars. But, you know, that's a genuinely fun whodunit mystery that's also all about, you know the idea of having kindness for everyone. Right, and, and Looper has that too, you know, like, of that yes, Looper's yes, a yes. badass, you know, crime thriller uh, and sci-fi movie, but then also, like, about the cycles of violence and the, uh, yes. you know, it's like, he's done it, there's a reason he's a great, one of the greatest working right now, like, that he yeah. can do that, that he's made four, uh, you know, perfect movies in a row, like, that's... Yeah. And a damn near perfect short film that also deals with this. I, If you haven't seen the music video for Oh Baby by LCD Sound System that Ryan Johnson made, can't recommend that enough. Great six-minute sci-fi short film, also about cycles of violence and love. And it's beautiful. Like, Johnson just has this way of even in the briefest amount of time, right, telling these deeply empathetic stories that that challenge you but entertain you. You can have your popcorn and have a good time. There are still laser sword <laughs> fights in this movie, but you know, like, but there's something, there's so many things going on under the surface in this movie. Um, and that's, I just think it's so, I, I've called this movie beautiful so many times and I hate to sound like a broken record, but it's just so moving and so beautiful to me. Yeah. I, I just, I honestly like worry, you know, cause of the, the state of uh, studio filmmaking right now is so, you know, it's it's sad and it's like, you know, it's... And people that blame, you know, it's not Kathleen Kennedy, it's, it's fucking Bob Iger. Like, it's it's Disney that's the problem. Yeah. Not, Kennedy clearly... If you if you watch... I, I know it's like, I get that those, that documentary on the DVD is, you know, it's, it's marketing, whatever, but at the same time, yeah. I believe her when she says that she really loves Ryan Johnson and what he does with this it's very yeah. clear that she believes I mean, that. 
And wants, she's still talking to yeah. him about more movies, so obviously. I hope yeah. that that's that's the one thing I like. Whether those happen or not, I need some kind of confirmation, one way or the yeah. other. Like I can, yeah, it'll seriously. rip my heart in half if we don't get them, but at least I'll know. Like so, I need yeah. some some kind of a, either they're happening or they're not. But I would love Ryan Johnson to get to do his own thing and not have to, you know. Again, I love the Skywalker stuff, but at the same time. It limits you. Mm-hmm. And so being able to do it completely detached from that would be incredible. And I would hope to see it. But yeah, know, Disney going to Disney. But who knows? <laughs> who knows is the problem. Uh, I saw this movie and I just went, I have to go see everything that Ryan Johnson's ever made. Mm-hmm. You know, like I just dropped everything basically and went, I have to go see more of this guy's stuff. So I think before this, I had seen Brothers Bloom, maybe. Uh, I had seen Brick. Had not seen Looper. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, I, yeah. I remember, yeah, Looper was one of my favorite of that year. And like, I, so, but yeah, I'm glad that that got you to, that this got you to oh, realize the genius Looper's of this amazing. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, it's just phenomenal. And Knives Out is one of my favorite of the year, too. I mean, and it's just... And I, I would c- count Last Jedi among my favorite of the decade, very high on the list. In fact, I don't know about you. <laughs> yeah, and it was my it was my favorite movie of that year, uh, and it still is. And like, uh, yeah, it's again, like I said, like I never thought we would get a. Honestly, I never thought we'd get a Star Wars movie like this, ever. Yeah. And the fact that we mm-hmm. did just makes me can deal with a lot. To be honest, like this one is just so perfect and. So yeah. moving and, you know, that it, like, the reason I love, it contains all the reasons I love Star Wars in one yeah. package is, it's a gift and I'm very grateful. And I will always yeah. be grateful to that, to Ryan Johnson. Yeah. I, same. <laughs> Big same. <laughs> like, I, these, this is one of those, like, it always sounds cringy, right, to be like the kind of fan who's like, man, I just want to say thank you to that mm-hmm. person. But legitimately, this movie makes me legitimately grateful to Ryan Johnson for making this movie and making something that moved me so deeply, especially in something that was already such an indelible part of my DNA. Yeah, I mean, this movie got me to write my long, longest piece by a mile. Like, it, I, it was like, mm-hmm. it was. I, ne- I was surprised how much I had to say about it. And how like so that speaks to how great it is, and that it's. I think it'll stand the test of time, and I think people will come around on it. Honestly, mm-hmm. I do. Like I think. Oh yeah, realize, absolutely. Like, I'm shit mad at myself that I didn't, you know. Yeah. Take embrace this right away because like it's. Yeah. It'll be always be there, so it's. Yeah, I've, I've there are people who get mad at me about this movie and liking this movie so much, and I have actually turned to them and said, "Come back to me in five to ten years." Because truly, I, I think that, you know, it is just a matter of time that, because I think at the time, if I remember correctly from my research for the episode that we recorded on it, Empire wasn't, like, people didn't love it at the time. Oh, no. People, that, that's, yeah, people said that, like, that at the time, it again, because it did similar things, right? It yeah. subverted expectations. It yeah. made characters, you know, basically these three characters that you love together are hardly on screen together. Mm-hmm. It, it's and again, so it's like, yeah, but people like obviously now are you know retro- retroactively say, oh no, it's a masterpiece and it's changed cinema forever. Okay, yeah. well, this is going to as well. Hopefully, yeah, if, hopefully, if we still have movies, right? 
if that keeps being a thing. <laughs> no, it's just, it's a wonderful, wonderful film. And I, I can't wait to see how this movie ages and how people change on it over time. Yeah, and we didn't even talk about John Williams' score, which is probably one of my favorite oh, so Star Wars scores. And I want, uh, the Lord of the Rings movies did this thing where they had, like, the full score. Mm-hmm. I would love to get that for this. Like, the, you know, yeah. the... Instead of just, like, little bits of it, like, cause it's gorgeous, and it's, uh, yeah, it's it's amazing the way it pulls in themes from other movies, but everyone knows that Williams is a genius, so. Yeah. No, I mean, his his score work in this sequel trilogy is so great. Um, I'm sure I'll talk about it on the next episode at some point, but I really love some of his themes in Rise of Skywalker. Well, he especially... does so much of the heavy lifting that it, like, yeah. scenes would not work without his, what he does. Yeah. Like, it's... The, the, ben, the Ben Solo scores. stuff. Yeah. The Ben Solo stuff I mm-hmm. really think wouldn't work without his like major key Kylo Ren theme in the mm-hmm. background. And it's just so so wonderful. I love his score in this movie. I've always meant to I think there's a on the D- Blu-ray a like score only. Oh, track. it's wonderful. It's great. Yeah. I, I haven't recommend. watched it yet, but I, I want to. But the uh, like the Rose theme's great too. Uh mm-hmm. really Moves me and yes, yeah. And then again, yeah, the Ray theme is um, is wonderful. The the scavenger, is so yeah. good, so great. I, I this is just good movie. It's good. a good movie. <laughs> I, I think it's a perfect movie. I think it's a perfect movie. I really do. Um, and I I love it. I love it so much. And I, Ryan Johnson, you're a you're a king. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I will watch whatever you make from from now on. You know. Uh, yeah, truly. I yeah. I. Uh, it's just it's just a wonderful wonderful film made by a wonderful filmmaker. So I hope we can get one every two years. Like, uh, give us a movie every two years, and that would make me very happy. Oh yes, yes. No matter what they are. No matter what. More Benoit Blanc, more Star Wars. Either way, I'm in. I am Benoit in. Blanc in Star Wars. Why not? Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. I mean, Daniel Craig's already in Force Awakens. But he is canonical. Um, but gosh, it's just great. Um, and thank you for coming on the show, talking about this dope-ass movie with me. Thank you for having me on. Love to talk about favorite Star Wars movie. That's always happy. And like... Like I said, I'll probably rewatch it again this year sometime. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm sure I will. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Me too. I just I, I just absolutely adore this movie. Um it's so wonderful. Uh, so do you have anything you want to plug for our for our lovely listeners, Sam? Uh well, I mean, Talk Film Society, you know, good website, good podcast. Yeah. Uh good you can stuff. follow me. Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at SamShot First. A Star Wars reference? What? Okay. <laughs> uh, but yeah, and I and uh, you can follow Keanu. Believe it. Uh, we got some new episodes coming out, hopefully pretty soon. Uh, yeah, and I've got some other stuff in the works. But follow Talk Film Society. Follow all our podcasts. Good stuff. Yes, I love it. I love it. And of course, for me, you can find my writing and whatnot at Talk Film Society. You can find me at CallieSmith92 on pretty much, I don't know, every conceivable platform. Twitter, uh, Instagram, Letterboxd, all those good things. Um, And yeah, thanks again for coming on. This was really wonderful. It made me so happy to talk about this movie. Go watch The Last Jedi again. Go, everybody go watch The Last Jedi again. (laughs) And for everybody at home, may the Force be with you.